Welcome to episode 118 of the Video Game History Hour, presented by the Video Game History Foundation. It's me, it's Frank, it's Frank Zafaldi, uh, the, the, the founder and co-director of the Video Game History Foundation, and um, joining me today on the show once again is Danny O'Dwyer from Noclip. Hi, Danny. Hi, Frank. Always a pleasure. How are you doing? Yeah. How's video game history doing these days? <laughs> <laughs> it's still going, you know? It's like, it's making new stuff just what? all the time. Yeah, that's just that's a wait. So you're saying that there's always more. Are you are you at least keeping pace with history so that you're sort of ahead of us? You're you yeah. know there's yeah okay. So we, eventually we're collecting you, all of history. Great, you'll have recorded. There will be a time in which you have recorded everything. Yeah, um, great. So okay. these guys came to us, um, and they have this company that does uh, generative AI. And, oh no! <laughs> uh, they let us know that uh, their product, um, if utilized correctly, could accurately predict anything that could happen in video game history. Oh, and so that's handy. We just have that running wow. in the background all the time. Um, and, Does that mean uh, we can stop making stuff now? There's no need to make any more games, or we can just kind of ch- hang out. <laughs> I'm not really sure how it works. <laughs> they haven't shown me anything, but they're they're okay. cashing the checks. So I, I assume that oh, the okay. good work is happening. Um, yeah, yeah, it must be a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Danny, uh, I wanted to bring you on to talk about um, a uh, well, at this point, not so new, but kind of new, kind of new, uh, kind of new project for NoClip, uh, the NoClip Game History Archive, which yeah. uh, um, which is well pretty relevant uh, to our interests here at the yes, Video Game History Foundation. So, um, describe for us what this is. Sure, yeah. So uh, a while ago, let's say, sometime last year, um, I uh, managed to get uh, hold of a, a large cache, a couple of large caches maybe, of uh, video game uh, history in the form of uh, videotapes. So Betacam, SP tapes, DV cam tapes, HD cam tapes, VHS tapes, all those types. Um uh, they were sourced from, uh, you know, I'm being somewhat vague about where we got these things from, but, you know, uh, companies within Northern California that would have a reason to have things like video game trailers on tapes and, uh, you know, gameplay and interviews and, and things of that nature. Um, I was contacted about it and, and found out that it was uh, pretty close to being uh, thrown in a landfill, although um, I, I imagine maybe somebody... If we hadn't jumped in, perhaps there would have been other people who would have jumped in. Um, but I stuck my hand up as quickly as possible and got a truck and uh, picked up some of this stuff. And we've been adding to it ever since. And and basically, since then, I was sort of doing a lot of research about what the best way is to capture video game footage. Because um, we're fairly, like, our workflow here is all video. Like, that's all we do. All we do is log video, render video, store video, encode video. We know video really well. Um, but there's obviously like certain uh, specialities when it comes to um, analog video that you kind of need to have your head screwed on for. So I spent a uh, good like six, nine months just kind of learning how to fix VCRs and learning the best way to do color well, spacing. You can fix VCRs? I can, fix, I can kind of fix VCRs now. Okay. I, my all YouTube right. recommendations are shagged because it's all like this one YouTube channel where this guy just fixes a VCR every week and it's like <laughs> always something new and he just puts the camera up. Um, and yeah, a couple of months back, we decided to announce the project finally and to, you know, start putting the stuff online. Now that 
you know, I'd figured out some of the rougher parts of this and that's what we've been doing. We're putting them all up on YouTube on this uh, special channel. It's youtube.com slash at nocliparchive. And then also we're putting everything on the Internet Archive. Uh, if you go to tinyurl.com slash noclipparchive, uh, you'll arrive over there. And we're also putting up like other stuff we found. It's not video, like we found some press kits and stuff like that. So that's all going up on archive.org because uh, obviously we, unfortunately we can't upload screenshots of starcraft ghosts to youtube quite yet <laughs> you could wait you're a video guy you could make a looping video <laughs> right. of starcraft ghost uh screenshots, screenshots um as and uh and in fact you know that game is online you can go rip some music from it oh, and nice. like play it in the background yeah what do you think yeah let's yeah do that. like a like a yeah like a like like what's that what's that famous YouTube thing that people lo-fi beats with like yes. the the we could be like lo-fi beats but it's all it's all it's just StarCraft ghost screenshots <laughs> specifically <laughs> twenty four hours of StarCraft ghost key art let's go um actually that's it's not the worst idea it's not. to like to stream channel. just a constant yeah. stream of like PR screenshots with video game music in the background. We thought about doing something similar, um, having a Twitch channel which is just the B roll we film. because yeah. our B roll falls into two buckets, Frank. It's either beautiful shots of like cityscape slash nature of where we are, or or boxes, <laughs> slow panning <laughs> shots of boxes. So we could just like. It's like uh, you know those what are those movies like uh, uh, I can never pronounce the the, the like just a mo- like a beautiful movie of all it is is that with some like you know some anthemic music playing behind so, it. Okay, so sometimes you're in like a forest and like looking at a creek and it's yeah. and it's like like Jack Handy right, um, and then and then it cuts from that to like closing in on on the key art of like an Amiga game or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, Zool or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just right up in Zool's grill. Yeah. Um, oh, if we had titles, it would be uh, right up in Zool's, Zool's grill. grill. Yeah, that's is, great. Uh, the title. Shout, of this episode. shout out to Chubba Chops. <laughs> we're actually we're actually doing a documentary right now on the those Burger King games. You know the yeah the three Burger King games. Uh, yeah, from we, we, from the Oliver twins. Yes, I interviewed Philip Oliver a couple of uh, weeks back about it, which was very fun. Um, and we also interviewed the guy who owns 4,000 copies of Sneak King. Uh, uh-huh. But it got me thinking about that whole era of, like, you know, the uh, advertainment. Because um, especially in the Amiga days where you just had, like, these sort of almost secondary adver- advertising. Like, Zool was all the Chubba Chup stuff. Cool Spot was obviously 7-Up. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but there was weird ones. Like, James Pond 2 has a commercial for Penguin Chocolate Bars in the intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, pushover. Do you ever remember that game? The like game you play as an ant. You're pushing it's an over. ant. I don't. I yeah, don't know yeah. the game. I just know like the ad in magazines. Yeah, and there's I think an it ant. was an Amiga exclusive. I, th- I think. No, so. we had we had console ports. Oh, you if, did. I know, if I know about the ad, it must be on the Genesis. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, they had a commercial for Quavers, which is a crisp you can only get in England. So wow, uh, yeah, they had Colin Quaver, who's a dog who wears like a sort of a yellow Chicago era gangster uh, suit I guess and he sells these weird cheese flavored crisps and he's in it it's just like what a what a different time just well and let's not forget factor 5's uh, Tony and Friends in Kellogg's Land oh my god oh do you, you know, know this one I don't actually oh what it's was it's, a, it's an actually Kellogg's pretty game? good 
platform game by Factor Five. Like why they did they did Super Turrican and then they did uh, Tony and Friends in Kellogg's Land. Um, the, do you know this pretty one? Good. I know we don't have a video here, but. Uh, Dark you know, sky. Is that is that the Skittles one? It is. Dark and sky? The Skittles <laughs> game. Dark and Sky, which is like a Skittles video game, but like literally where does there's nothing about no, Skittles. No, there's nothing on Okay, so 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 for those listening, because uh, I kind of forgot for a second we're doing a show and I'm not just hanging out with Danny O'Dwyer. Um <laughs> So discs. Dark and Sky, it's it's this 3D action adventure. It's a lady with like a staff or something, right? Yeah. And and it's actually like pretty decent looking. I know it on the PS2. It's a PS2 era game. Oh, it looks. Uh, it. Came, it's got some. Came out on PS2 and apparently PC, which I didn't know until this moment. Um, and it just, you know, this. It, I don't know what the description is, but the description and screenshots are just this generic like fantasy adventure to I don't know unite <laughs> the kingdoms or whatever. And um, you play the game. You start the game. And it starts that way, and then it's immediately like collect Skittles to like <laughs> level up. Like like Skittles are your currency, and it's just not. It is not told to you anywhere on the packaging or the advertising or anything. You're just surprised by Skittles if you that purchase is this game. Amazing. Yeah. Did they just buy a game that was in development and just say, you know those magic rocks you collect? Can you just change that, please, to Skittles? I don't know if it's buy so much as like who's the publisher on this? I don't even I'm trying know. Trying to see. It's got a uh, Simon and Schuster Interactive? <laughs> Are you kidding so, me? Simon and Schuster maybe was like, we, yo, we got this funding deal from uh, from whatever candy company owns Skittles. Wow. Maybe that's what, I mean, that's my guess. That's my head cannon. Is that, that is uh, wild. They, they funded this thing through the finish line by getting uh, uh, an ad tie-in is, is my guess. But, yeah, it um, says uh, copyright Skittles and copyright Taste the Rainbow are registered trademarks of Mars. Okay, so you know, you, if you read, if you're, if you're in the Best Buy... <laughs> And you're and and you're looking at game packaging, and if you read the copyright info, that's where you uh, before it. making a decision. That's Look how when you small might it know. Is. That's very very small. <laughs> yes, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. What are we, no what problem, are we talking about Danny. here? Well, uh, why we're we... talking about. You didn't have me here. Uh, we're talking about, about the no clip game history archive. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you've posted photos. Uh, it's a uh, kind of a truck full of yeah. of these tapes. I mean, do, do you have a do you have a count? Of, of the I haven't. Head? I've I've purposefully not tried to because I think it's going to depress me. Because I because then I'm like one step away from the the you know the simple math of how long this will take. I would mm-hmm. it and it's if I if I take DV tapes out of it because those tiny little DV tapes and most of those are going to be uh, camera rushes that that were at E3 or something like that, and we'll have to go through. Yeah, them. so most of those DV tapes would be like. B-roll from the people who are making like original editorial content totally, and not yeah. like things sent by game publishers, which is mostly what you're putting online. Mostly, yeah, but like everything, I'm still going through everything. Like for instance, we found interviews with Kazuhirai, with Shigeru Miyamoto, and you know, I'm those are the ones where like like the trailers you can just pull them off. The you know gameplay or stuff you can just extract that. These ones, you know, it's rough footage, so there's a little bit of work that goes into. Like I'm like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to change them because I want to preserve them, but I also don't like necessarily want to have this journalist who didn't ask to be put on the internet twenty years later have their questions in there or like the preamble they have with this Sony executive before the 
the thing goes. So I'm doing a little bit of trimming and like even color grading stuff a little bit. Like some of this stuff is like not white balanced because it would have been put on a machine and actually edited from there. It wouldn't have been put up looking this rough, you know. So um, there's some stuff where I'm doing slice work to like just, I can't put them up raw. I think that yeah. sort of will get the wrong type of attention on this project. So I'm doing a little bit of work to do it. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the number of tapes, it's like ballpark. It's, you know, I don't know, something between two and 4,000. Uh, it just depends on thousand. What, is yeah. that, was that is that with the DV or not? I'd say that's probably without. <laughs> I would say there's a so lot. I don't know if you. I don't know if you remember when 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 um, I learned uh, uh, about this acquisition of yours. Um, I, I, I messaged you and say and said that uh, we could uh, we could maybe fund uh, the digitization of whatever you can't get to. I'd like to rescind uh, that <laughs> offer. Well, so here's the thing: is that when we got them, I was kind of like, okay. I reached out to a bunch of people, Bay Area Video Collective, a bunch of other uh, nonprofits and stuff, folks who do this type of work. I mean, you guys have, are doing awesome stuff with the, you know, I, I forget what you oh, talked we don't, about. Oh, we barely touch video, man. Publicly. we hate but, it. <laughs> but you, you, I, I forget what you talked about publicly, but you are doing one of these projects at the oh, moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we're doing a little bit of VHS. Um, we, I, we um, the, the, the thing that you're referring to specifically, no, we didn't. Oh, actually, no, we, we um, I mean, we announced the, the Cyan thing. Is yes, that what you're that's what I was of? talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Cyan, we're not doing in-house. Um, we oh, are cool. paying, we're paying vendors. Um, right. And in fact, those tapes never, uh, never uh, uh, cross the borders of the VGHF office. <laughs> they, they, they've never been here. They Excellent. go from Cyan to vendor back to Cyan. Excellent. Because um, they got more space than us. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, to, to turn that into sort of a conversation, like our approach has always been like, you know, we will find the money rather right. than like do the labor. Um, and so for Cyan, you know, we kind of already did it, but then we started a fundraiser and it's just like, Hey, if you're super into, um, Cyan history, right. If you, if you are um, appreciative of being able to see preserved copies of like the raw FMVs from Riven, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> then, then here is a very specific donation path to show your appreciation. But yeah. you know, it's, it's being paid for either way. But, um, but you maniacs are just well. It's yeah. I, well, it's I. I kind of realized that like. Oh, everyone like as it ha as it should be. Everyone who does anything needs to get paid, right? So, yeah. At a certain point, it was like the scale that this is at. It's just going to cost too much, and it's also not going to solve the problem. So we have a whole thing where so logging is a real big part of video production, right? You go out and film in the world, you film all this stuff, and then you log it. You bring it onto the machine, and logging is sort of has two sides of it. One of it is just the process of digitizing or order ordering or collecting all of the things that you need for a project and the second part is watching it and viewing it and understanding what it is and mm -hmm. the logging process as much as it is like a process to like get the interviews on and figure out what they are and basically write down time codes of what people said the person who logs it is also basically is able to then map out the production in their head because they know what it is. You, They yeah. know what the ingredients are. So the process of logging footage and then rendering from that footage is like something that I've been doing every day for like 10 years. So what I realized was if we even, even in a world in which like some benefactor come in and paid for that whole thing to be digitized, I still have to watch them all. 
Like mm. you, you can't just. It's not like. It's not like you know screenshots or magazines or the, where you can sort of flick through like video. You, it's hard to skim through this, right? You kind of have to do it. So the process for me was like, what I need to do is figure out a way where I can get a good pace of this and just make sure that every week or every month I hit a certain amount that we figure out the best way to like process this stuff, uh, have a good workflow. And that's kind of what Noclip is about when it comes to our documentaries. Like we we min-max our production setup a lot so that we can get stuff out the door. You know, if we were making Netflix movies about games, we would spend three years on one of them, right? Instead, we spend, you know, we do 14 a year because we 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 don't film too much. Our logging and editing is basically the same emo- uh, uh, instance. Like when the person who is editing the footage and logging the footage is the person who did the interviews, yeah. You get through that process really fast, right? And that's kind of what we have always tried to do. Or Jeremy edits stuff, but he was in the room on the camera, so he knows what it is. And you just get through faster. So that's what it was for me, was realizing, oh, like, we don't know anything about preservation really here at Noclip. Like, that's kind of not what we do. We tell stories and, you know, we dabble in, like, getting assets. But, like, that's not our forte. And I was like, I'm not sure if we're a good fit for it. But then I realized, oh, when it comes to like processing video, we're actually really good at this. So I just need to figure out some of the technical parts and then then we'll be good. Um, so yeah, so it's good. Like we're getting through them. You know, there's, there's, we've cleared 400, 500 tapes so far already. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of it was stuff that was relevant. Some of it wasn't. Some of it's just gameplay. Like some of it's gameplay of games post-release yeah, uh, that are available in the HD era, and you're like, well, th- there's literally no point in recording right. this unless you know. you're just like, yeah, logging the historical por- importance of this person's gameplay style, right? Or whatever, because it's yeah. like, like if it was unreleased or it was like an yeah. early version that's been patched since, or but it's not. It's just like here's two hours of somebody playing Tony Hawk Project Eight. Do we need to like? Right, but if you come across, like, an MMO or something, like that. Yes, that, yeah. yeah. or we found uh, one of the tapes was uh, from uh, Shadowhawk that cancelled um, comic book, like, side-scrolling beat-em-up kind of thing. Oh, uh, was there, I mean, I know about a Super Nintendo one. Was there a later one? No, so it's that one, But and the ROM eventually came out. There was a guy who was hoarding it or whatever, and the ROM yeah. of the, it was a ROM of the, um, of a of a not a final version of the game like a like a demo of the game or a test of yeah. the game that came out we found a tape this is like 1994 i think we found a tape that had footage of the game so it on a vhs so it looks like you can literally play the rom so like that looks yeah. way better but the footage kept going when the rom stops so we yeah. have like five extra levels that aren't on that rom that have never been seen before on vhs and it wow, doesn't look where great. Where did this footage come from? That's it was bizarre. it was literally on a videotape that had Shadowhawk nineteen ninety four written on it. And I'm wow! Like, so like that's an example of like even if we don't save everything, I'm we're I'm looking at everything. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. checking that it's stuff that you know has has or has not been made available online. You know? Okay, so the lay of the land then is uh, you know gameplay that this publication recorded for you know maybe a video interview right that would get edited down into maybe like you know there's a talking segment over it um there's sort of the like you said mini dv of like you know b-roll things like that um i mean you put one of those up at least which is uh the the nintendo uh museum which i want to talk about in a minute um and then 
you know, there's also this notion of tapes that were sent to the media by external parties, right? Like, there are, do you have some of those? Yeah, like ones that have trailers and stuff on them. Like, yeah, yeah, like, and it's weird. It's like the era for that is kind of pre, like, uh, pre CDs. You know what I mean? Right. Like before people and and also CDs went away, but then it was memory cards or just people emailed stuff. Well, it was. Right? I mean, my day, which is like. I don't know, it may be similar to yours. I started like 2004. Yeah, you were, um, you were a bit earlier than me. I was like, oh, I think we're, oh, we're just straight up like FTP at that point for video. Right. You know? Yeah. So, the, yeah, so there's, there's that stuff too. So, a lot of that is like uh, trailers. So, the, the, a chunk of it is like here is um, Capcom's entire E3, you know, 1999, and it's a 90 minute tape, and some of it's B roll, some of it's trailers, some of it's all. A mix, and we've a lot of that stuff. We are, I have, I've, uh, has not gone up. Some of it has, some of it hasn't, um, and it's because I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent happy with some of our VHS capture. So there's one or two of them that I want to make sure we absolutely nail. Um, there's okay. some interesting ones like, uh, we've some, um, like mocap things from like, or like, oh, 2000 NHL and NBA games and stuff like that, and 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 NFL, and there's like Oscar De La Hoya in a. Oh, that's mo- cool. Mocap, yeah, and that's that's not available anywhere. Um, the other one though, um, where some of the trailers come from, but is just even cooler, is finding the 1080p tapes of E3 press conferences. Like that's where we have, that's the shit where I'm like, holy crap! And we've we've put up ten like these, and these were conferences that were never seen in 1080p. You know, they were never right. like they were never streamed in 1080 back in 2006 right. you know what i mean and even if they were available some i think some of them the later ones like i have all of e3 2010 except for konami but we've i found it's going up next week so it'll be up by the time this is up so microsoft sony nintendo ea and ubisoft all the conferences in 1080 some of those were originally available in 720 but they were like streamed in 720 so right. you're ju- you're constantly losing quality and then somebody rips them and uploads them again so then when you see like some of these moments that you remember like we have the giant enemy crab you know mm-hmm. from sony's 06 conference but now it's in 1080i you know what i mean like it's <laughs> like so that's cool and what it's what happened is also is like some of those press conferences had trailers in them which are available online but only with the 5.1 mix down. So you're hearing the crowd noise and the trailer and everything. And it's been, you know, the crowd noise maybe dialed down a bit by whoever's there, but uh, you're still hearing all of it. Whereas with two of the conferences, we had 5.1 audio on them. So we were able to isolate the trailer audio for the first time. So we were able to like, so that was cool. Cause then you're like, you can top and tail that. And then suddenly it's like, we got 1080p version of this trailer. that's like never been online before. Like we black ops and Metal Gear Rising and, a bunch of other ones. So that stuff's been super gratifying because you're, you know, and it's easy to process because it's just 1080. Like you can't mess, right. mess it up. We render it in 4K only so we can get a- access to YouTube's higher bit rate on that side. And then we yep, render yep. the, we have the original version over on archive um, just to keep it simple. Yeah. And that's um, something that, you know, I've found is necessary when we've done capture, even from like emulators is, um, right. you know, I, I feed YouTube a 4K video um, (laughs) of a 240p game because I don't want to, you know, and you understand this, you're already laughing, like, like be in the, 
at the mercy of of YouTube's video scaler. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it it forces me to do like I upload NES recordings in in four K. <laughs> So the, the, the pixels are correctly clean and, you know, not that, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone who like plays games that way, but like, you know, I, I don't want to introduce the artificial like YouTube compression. Like, yeah, like well, if, so I, do you, if you I'm making cr- it look crappy, it's because I'm doing like the NES crappy, not the YouTube crappy. So about three years ago on Noclip, we swapped our, like the documentaries, I mean, we swapped our process from 1080 to 4K. We got a new camera, it was 4K. We started capturing gameplay in 4K, XYZ. I'd say less than, what is it? There's stats. I think the last time I checked, it's like less than 4% of our viewers actually watch them in 4K. But wow. the 1080p versions of our of those docs look way better than when we used to upload them in 1080. Mm. It's like day and night. So our audience is like, Oh, it's so cool they upgrade upload these in 4K. I never watched them in 4K, but the 1080 ones are amazing now. You know what I mean? And now with YouTube, <laughs> I've done that whole YouTube premium. You get access to like the the like premium version of 1080, which is like if that's not giving you a window into how much some of this stuff is crunched without you knowing about it, like that's that's definitely doing it. And and one of the funny things I had to figure out, I couldn't figure it out. And then somebody in our comments, we had a couple of people like help me out with some of the some of the processes, because we were uploading four by three stuff in 1080, but I was doing it with black boxes on the side because I wanted to get that 1080. And then I was uploading the four three ones to archive because I was like, I hate having these on four three on YouTube or 16 by nine on YouTube, but like, that's how I get the 1080. And then people were like, oh, I really love them in four by three because I can play these back on a little my own TV and stuff like that. And then somebody was like, oh, if you do it this way and they gave me the resolution, you can if you export in that yeah. fashion, it'll ingest it as four three. So obviously that's what you do, is it? Yeah, we we do a four three four K video and, and yeah, we play exactly. 4K. Yeah, so I yeah. I didn't know that. I, and then I re-uploaded it. archive. You can swap the files, which is great. And then I just deleted and re-uploaded stuff over on the other on YouTube. Um, so that was cool to see. So that. I, I want to say this isn't just talking shop right now because I actually <laughs> you know the like. Well, no, I'm serious. Like, like what we're talking about right now is also kind of goes back to you um, mentioning things like, uh, you know, finding white point balance uh, on these raw tapes, right? Or, um, uh, you know, just things like that. Like, the, or, or you know, the scaling to make sure that when people are viewing it, they're viewing it at the best possible quality. Um, I think that, I think that a lot of people who don't do preservation regularly don't understand sometimes that just presenting the raw and i don't even necessarily mean video uh Mm. just presenting the raw thing um is not always preserving like intent right like you know these 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 videos were shot with the intent of being corrected and edited later and um you know, there is an argument for putting the rawest thing possible online. Um, and, you know, sometimes we do some notion of that. But, um, you know, like, like, and, and I, I assume you'd probably do that for some of these videos. But, for example, you mentioned, like, these tapes max out at 1080i, right? They're interlaced. Like, right. you're not going to put a 1080 interlaced video 
raw. You're you know you're not gonna you're not gonna raw dog interlacing on YouTube, right? <laughs> like you're gonna you're you're going to deinterlace. Um, and we're getting a little bit technical here, but like again, you are going to feed YouTube an altered version. Yeah. That though it is altered, the end result to the viewer is closer to original uh, than the original would be, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. Yeah, it's and it's to me, it's on a case by case. And there's the way I sort of think about it is there's sort of two there's two things. There is the what you're talking about there is sort of like the 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 way in which you're trying to preserve the idea of this thing and then there is the uh, data of the thing and do you lose any of the data so Mm -hmm. for instance something like um messing with like contrast or color gets scary it gets very scary because you can lose stuff very easily and one of the things that I was aware of, especially when it came to like the VHSs to a certain point, but they're kind of too bad. But like definitely things like Betacam SP is that you end up with. So we have a we have like really good like Betacam SP is it's I think it's only 380 lines, but like it, it sort of feels like it's close to 480 kind of eye and like something around there, let's mm-hmm. say um, those are in the realm of maybe AI upscaling maybe not today, but maybe three years from now, we'll be able to get that to like 720. So if that's the case, we need to basically make sure we capture as much of that data as humanly possible and then just leave it. Like don't, don't upscale it. Don't, don't do any like little bit of HDMI upscaling with your little box. Like don't do any of that stuff. Just try and get as raw as humanly possible. Um, there have been some cases, uh, archive.org is always my fallback, where it's like, we'll always put the raw, raw, raw version up on archive good, uh, good. For, for the po- folks who like super need that. And then there are some cases where we're like, it uh, happens to me sometimes with, because um, game trailers are sometimes mixed media, where it's like they have gameplay in there that they've recorded probably in a bad way because it was 1998. <laughs> and then they have like, a trailer intersliced with it so that you have like both black bars on both sides and then and then it was it was rendered onto this videotape maybe wrong as well so then some of those you're kind of like looking at like going jesus they really made up and then it was only meant to be uploaded to like you know one up or GameSpot or ign as like a 360p real player video right. you know what i mean like so you're you're trying to like how do i make this look the way they wanted it to look like it's kind of the way <laughs> well you I'm, you crunch it down to 360p and you, right. you you drop every other frame yeah or like black balance is the hardest because like people will be like oh the black balance is wrong in this and i'm like i know but that wasn't me that wasn't right. how i pulled it off the tape that was whoever put it on the tape they f***ed up like like that stuff was like done bad or like earlier on you were showing me uh we were just like hanging out before the stream and you were showing me a, like a secret of monkey Island, like internal video they made, which was them recording a monitor on a video. I believe they are. Yeah. (laughs) I believe they are like pointing a camera at a monitor. Yeah. 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 So, so so I'd say like one, uh, there's probably a couple of the VHS ones. I'm not thinking of now that I did some slight work to just clean up and, and, you know, here and there, but like one of the ones was, um, on the more modern end was there was a metal the Metal Gear Rising trailer that we put up. Um that was from Sony E three 
2009, I think. No, it was, it was Microsoft. It was Microsoft 09. Microsoft 09. And uh, that was one of the ones that didn't have the isolated trailer sound. Uh, but it did have the cleanest version of that trailer right. online by a mile. So I went online because they had mm -hmm. they had the audio and the reverb and I found a sheer version of the trailer that had good audio because good audio always stays good audio, right? Like the worst looking trailer usually still sounds pretty good. And I just pulled the audio off that trailer and put it onto that, onto the Metal Gear. So the, one, the Metal Gear Rising when it's on archive is the crowd noise one. And then we also have the, the full press conference you can get as well. But the one that I isolated and put up is edited by me to have good audio. So like that's an example of because what you're thinking is like I want to preserve this the best way possible but then I'm also thinking humans are lazy we all are and what's going to happen is if people copy this trailer then I want this trailer to be the best one that they copy oh, yeah. you know what I mean yep yeah absolutely and that is um you know that's best practices across different uh media preservation landscapes I mean I I'm thinking about magazine scans right now and, right. and we had a, we had a show about this where we had um, hubs from Gaming Alexandria and and Philly Man from Retro Mags on the show, and and we just discussed this topic. And um, you know, Gaming Alexandria's approach, which is very similar to yours, is um, there is what you might call like an access copy of the magazine, like in in like library terms, right? Where it's like we've done the descreening, the color correction, and and it's like a you know, maybe a 300 DPI, like right, PDF yeah. or whatever, right? This is the one you're actually going to read. Um, and it's, you know, hundreds of megs, right? Um, and then if you want to dig deeper into the thing that he uploaded on the Internet Archive, you know, there is a, like, four gig scan of, like, you know, the raw <laughs> tiffs of, like, every page in this magazine. Wow. Which, um, you know basically no one needs but i have actually used because uh i i <laughs> i get very precious about de-screening and like if i need a very particular photograph that was in a magazine i'm like give me right. the raw one so um make some so posters I, I, sell them on ebay <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> i mean what comes up is like actually the the previous um show that we've recorded before you which is out by now was uh um it was with Rachel Weil from the Femicom Museum, and we had recently um, done a panel together at a show about the Nintendo knitting machine, and um, <laughs> which is a thing. It was a real I thing in 1987 at CES. It was an add-on for the NES. It was a knitting machine. Oh, my and God. You, Japan you only? Knit, or? Uh, it never came out anywhere. Oh, okay, um, okay. And, in fact, it was just like... All we had was a flyer. Um, I don't want to repeat the entirety of literally the last episode here, um, but... But uh, it was something that was kind of mysterious and we only had a flyer. But uh, in recent years, <laughs> it turns out that Famitsu Magazine uh, had gone and photographed that show and photographed the knitting machine on the oh, show wow. floor. Um, so that was a situation where when I wanted that photograph, I was like, give me that 1200 DPI TIFF. <laughs> I'm going to go in there and clean up the tiny scratches and I'm going to like do my own de-screening and stuff. So that's awesome. Um, so but yeah, that's where it's, that's where it's important because that's the one yep. picture, right? Or like the exactly. few pictures, and you're like, oh yeah, that's super important, and you and you well, don't know and, what's important yet. They didn't know that right. was important when they took the picture. They thought this is going to come out, and people are going to have this, and it's going to get yeah. dusty and be like any other Nintendo thing was. And that's the thing is that you're you're not pre you're preserving everything because there's going to be like two percent of this stuff that's the last one of it, and then you're going to be glad you did, you know. 
Right. And then you having those draws, I mean, the use case that comes up for me is like you mentioned, you know, you might have a reel from one company that shows multiple different games kind of recorded different ways. Someone might want to isolate like a part of one of the games um, because it's like, oh, that's that's a boss that got cut or whatever. Right. right? And like that's the only footage we have of this cut feature. I want to isolate from the raw source possible just that part and color correct just that game as opposed to like, you know, trying to color correct the whole thing thing um so i hope you all like process uh talk like this we 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 believe that you do but but um you know the the point here is that like if we're talking digital preservation of analog media um like that is that's kind of the best we have um and and you know you bringing up this idea that maybe one day ai upscaling for this will make sense right um, you know, that, that's what I love about, um, I know you've been kind of waiting for us to, to build a, a, a domesday, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, device, yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to butcher the, well, maybe you can do this better than me. Um, <laughs> you, you, you jump in all you want here, but you know, the, the, the way that, so the, the domesday project was developed, um, to digitize, um, some of BBC's in the UK uh, masters, which were which were put on laserdisc, right? Like, uh, in sometime in I don't know, maybe the eighties, uh, they they mastered some of their archival material on laserdisc because it was compact, right? And <laughs> and those are now the only copies are on this like, you know, now very obfuscated format. And um, you know, method had to be devised to like how do we get as much data as we can off of these discs? Um, laser discs are not digital; they're not DVDs. You know, they're right. they're, they're, they're analog media, and so um, a, a methodology was created to um, essentially grab the as raw as we can analog data off of the disc, which is not video. Um, it's essentially recording what. I think of, and this might literally be true as an audio track, right? Like it's, it's, it's the actual RF, the radio frequency. It's awesome. <laughs> it's on the disc. Right. <laughs> um, and, and the idea there, much like your example with AI, AI upscaling someday is that something that is digitized through this method, um, is theoretically, all of the information that is on that right. DV, that, that laser disc, or in right. our case, you know, the, people have now applied that to VHS players uh, and other analog players as well. So we have, I'm looking, I'll point my camera at it so you can see that it's real. It's, it's yeah. working now. Um, we have a VHS deck uh, with a Domesday external device on it. And in theory, if we uh, rip that odd, that raw data through the domesday off of the tape there's no like there's nothing more theoretically that's on that tape right um and any degradation is is a physical thing that you have no control over with the tape it's right or little control over yeah yeah and so you know we're spitting out this giant raw file that's not a video it's just like data you know it's just radio frequency data um that software then can then constitute into a video and we currently have software that can constitute this video into really damn good looking capture of a VHS tape. But in theory, 
that software will continue progressing right and people can rerun this data through that software and theoretically get even better cleaner uh video off of these tapes and so um you know it, it, it is sort of a similar thought and it i don't know where i'm going with this other than i think it's fascinating and and i think that um you know i've often said when it comes to like paper scans which is mostly most of the analog to digital <laughs> preservation that i do um there's no such thing as a perfect scan like that's just right yeah you, there's no one-to-one digital representation of something in the physical world that's just not a thing um, we, yeah. we don't reproduce atoms yet, you know? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, the, 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 the best methodology for it is the, the one I mentioned earlier, which is, well, using the best tech we have now, very, very much overshoot your scanning. You know, like when, when Gaming Alexandria scans at 1200 DPI, there's not actually more information for the human eye to see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those magazines are published in one quarter of that resolution. Um, but in theory, one could go back and, and, and do better remastering if we have access to the rawest thing. Um, which is actually why we have a physical library. Cause I don't trust that right. any scan right <laughs> now is the best possible, uh, digital representation of a piece of paper. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, with video, you can... Th- that's problematic in some ways because, <laughs> you know, on, on lossless video, you know, like, at this scale with this many tapes, 4K yep. video or 1080 video is already a lot. Or, like, the versions that we're pulling off the the um, uh, the tapes on are, are, like, super high bit rate on them, right? So it's already really, 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 really big. And I'm also keeping all of those, all of the original capture files that are coming off they're all getting stored in a separate thing as well just in case like on ex- on hard drives basically nasas um but yeah it, it adds up right so that's 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 the main thing it's just like in terms of um uh space and, and all that type of thing oh you but could not do raw capture raw video would be yeah just i mean it wouldn't terabytes for a video sometimes it wouldn't right? play back either which would be a problem right. you couldn't you know you couldn't actually vlc would just go like nah not happening, mate. Sorry, there's yeah. speed. There's too much here. Um, but yeah, it's, like you said, it's it's trying to. You're thinking down the road as well because like some of the like some of the like little silly little use cases that I've I've come up with like or that have come up like people asking about the you know um, the four three ten eighty on YouTube like that is something that nobody ten years ago could have or twenty years ago could have guessed would be something someone might care about. Um, or, for instance, the press kits that we've put up that have, that are made in Flash, which is now an unsupported piece of software. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's, or like, you know, some of the press kits that we have up there are like there's a Sierra one, which has aforementioned StarCraft Ghost on it, uh, StarCraft Ghost screenshots, and then it has like click here for the trailer or for gameplay for StarCraft Ghost, and it of course links to a Blizzard website which no longer yeah. exists, <laughs> and and same for the Half Life section on that tape is all goes to Valve, and it, there's nothing there of course because it was a website twenty something years ago, um, so yeah, so you're you're, it's funny, it's like you're you're sort of hypothesizing a lot, but you're right, like the best thing to do is basically. Record as high quality as possible as you can, and don't don't lose anything in the process. Don't f- with it in a way that you've lost something, because then then you're just you've you've degraded it yourself, and that's the worst possible case scenario is that you're actually making it worse. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, I think that um, there is a very uh, legitimate 
uh, argument for like, well, you can never get rid of the tapes then. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm not planning on getting rid of the tape. If I can find someone once they're all done to take or I'll just put them in a storage locker or something. But, you know, also they will they will die. You know, like yeah. it's analog. They are degrading has... just by sitting around. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, whether heat or thankfully they were stored in a in a good environmental spot and we have them here in the same. And but it's like that doesn't matter. Like bit rot will happen on CDs and hard drives, and analog media will will suffer its own its own fate as well. So yeah, like that's the other thing is there's a bit of a ticking clock with some of this sort of stuff. The VHS is mostly the HD cam stuff has has been perfect like nothing it, stuff looks amazing like yeah it really does like like please go check out the channel we'll link to it in the show notes but yeah the uh you know the press conferences the i mean you know i was at most of these and it was like yeah it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there again um it's, isn't what it's, it's funny because it's like some of these trailers i'm like i never looked at this trailer this way you know right. what i mean like you're like this never looked this good so like in a way it feels like very it feels like like it's not preservation some of it you know what I mean because yeah. it's like yeah I look it's, at it's, yeah yeah well like, it's like it's like when Star Trek the Next Generation is rescanned from the film one hundred percent and like and it doesn't it doesn't that also bring up a really interesting problem because like you're right when you when you see like you know it's like the opposite of like the whole Simpsons um what do they do like when they pushed in right when they they overscanned it or whatever they they lost a bunch of the tops and tails when they right. 16 by 9 a bunch of Simpsons stuff but when you go back and watch like yeah 4k rescans of movies and then suddenly Star Trek you can see the hands and the or you can see the the makeup yeah you couldn't notice before like there's a We've won the first ever re- of reveal of Uncharted before it was even called Drake's Fortune. Um, we have a, a 1080p thing of that from 2006, and you go back and watch what it looked like when it was up there, and it's like, it's like what? Like no, it's like way too detailed now. It's like, or what was the other one? The, there was that cancelled game uh, that had a really funny trailer. Um, Oh, I forget what it was called. I have it was the PS3 thing. Yeah, what is it called again? Eight Days. Yeah, Eight oh, Days yeah. had like this very like pre-rendered like trailer that was like clearly not gameplay. And if you watch it now in 1080p on the channel, it looks even more fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. way was it going to look this good. So it's funny, like the context as well changes. Everything changes about this stuff. You know whether or not it's. Or, or like stuff looks like it should be higher frame rate than it was or isn't or you would have watched it on a CRT when it was being interlaced so it felt smoother. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's... Or like we talk about Sonic a bunch, right? Like how Sonic is... or how, we're, We were talking about this with Monkey Island before we went live. How like the version of the game that you played is even canon in your head like to me yeah. monkey island's the amiga version to you it's the original because e- yeah. <laughs> i'm european yeah whereas to you it was the it was the ega version to me sonic was running like 30 percent slower than it was for you you know what i mean oh because like, you played it at 50 hertz exactly so yeah or so whatever 20 percent. so I- <laughs> or, so when i when i saw sonic on running on a on a genesis for the first time i was like what the f-? like just sped up like what's going on yeah so you know i, I used to uh produce some classic game collections and, and one one that i did was Mega Man legacy collection and, and we got a negative review i believe it was on steam um from someone complaining that the music's too fast they messed oh. up the music <laughs> <laughs> like oh i know exactly yeah 
where you live. Someone's from Germany. <laughs> yeah. Because same thing, when I listen to the Sonic 1 soundtrack on Genesis, yeah, it's like crazy. It's When you do, if you ever want to make a European gamer sad, just do a side-by-side YouTube video of both versions of Green Hill Zone. And it's just like, man, they just did... <laughs> Did, did Europe not get blast processing? Is that what yeah, happened? they didn't try, man. It, it's so sad when they didn't try that stuff. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about a couple of your videos. Well, actually, the first thing that comes to mind, I, I think you mentioned the giant enemy crab. Was that where they revealed the PS3 price? Yes, same one, right at the end. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have to look that one up because I swear I once watched, you know, I, I was there at that press conference and... I swear I went, I went, I don't remember which website it was, but I watched a replay of that moment. Uh, and when they announced the price, uh, I know my voice. I heard me laugh. Oh, so in our version, I don't know why I've gone back and watched it on our version on YouTube and I've watched our one. And in our version, you can hear someone react. In my head, they, they said like, Ooh, or something like that. Which, but which I've never heard on any other recording. So you should do go back if it's you. That'd be amazing. I will and let I, you know. And I, I, when I was when I was going through the footage, I heard it and I was like, "That's crazy! I don't think I ever heard that." And then people in the comments were like, "Did you hear that person react when the price got read out?" So it might, it might be. I hope should, it's me. I, I want to be famous for that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might have been um, a laugh as well. I can't remember, but that for sure. And like that's another example of. You just it wasn't on the crunched down version because they, you know, compression would have normalized the sound a little bit or done or right, right. had to cut it off or something, had a gate, you know. But I will I will look that up and I'll I'll let you know. And then uh <laughs> the other one, I, I really enjoyed that uh someone uh recorded uh Nintendo of America's uh museum, which they had. Had you been uh, there before? I had never been there. Okay. Um so I'd never seen it. Um but you know, as as you know, from like there is an employee only museum, or there was. I don't know if there still is, because uh, this was in their old location. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'd never seen it. I only heard about it. Um, and so there is a 28 minute video uh, on the No Clip Game History Archive channel, uh, which is great. But I'm so mad at the person filming this. <laughs> so this I'm is so mad at them. This is a great example of the the problem with preservation like uh with with trying not to change the the you know the the in- or trying to change the intent or trying to preserve right right because this is footage that has happened alongside some sort of interview with some sort of executive at Nintendo and what this camera operator is doing is basically just getting b-roll that they're going to use like 3 second chunks of for, right, and you know, it's 2006, so they're doing like quick, like <laughs> like zoom into things, you know, <laughs> pan, like Dutch angle pan yeah. tilt zoom. So like, uh, it's funny because like a lot of the comments are from like kids going like, "What the f- is this camera <laughs> operator doing?" Whereas like, if you were editing one of these videos, this is just like, oh yeah, they're just you'd go through it, grab your selects, you know, you'd log it, grab your selects, and then you know over the whatever the interviewee either mumbled or there was another question you'd use this as b-roll over the top of it basically so it it is funny how it's like it's this like it's a i think originally where i was going to say it's a tour but i was and and then i was there's a version in which i could have edited this down into just those selects but 
to me it was like no 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 this is one an example of no you have to put this up as raw as you can and just take the you have to just the context of it has to be like oh somebody was just using this to to film b-roll yeah, this was not filmed to be watched you know no. this is you are you are seeing something you are not meant to be seeing uh, we, when you watch this video and we've got is, another uh, one okay and it's like it's kind of cringy because it's ea's uh like headquarters or something yeah but the lady who's doing the presenting is so mean to the camera operator <laughs> that i don't know if i can put it up i'm like i'm like like she it's one that i have to edit because there's way too much cross chat happening between the producer and the tour guide and the thing and it's but it's so and i've i've been sitting on it going like well i can't put it up raw because that's just gonna it's gonna cause a problem for someone i think but i need to save it somehow and put it up so i'm still trying to figure out how to do that one but it's like oh god it's yeah some of the stuff I'm just like, yeah, I wish it was, uh, it was like supposed to be this nice little present. And she's like, why aren't you following me? To the camera. <laughs> like, no, no, God. <laughs> like, let's do that again. Let's do that again. So I'm like, oh, I guess I have to trim this up somehow. Um, oh, no. Um, and that's, yeah. you know, that's another struggle that, um, that we have with some of this raw material. You know, I'm thinking of things like we have business records. You know, we have like right. letters of correspondence between human beings, right? And... Um, some of these people are dead, you know, Gosh, and, yeah. and, and, um, you know, th- we of course redact things from scans like phone numbers, you know, that, that stuff's really obvious social security numbers if right. we have them, God forbid, but, you know, a lot of times we'll have things that are like, like that, right. Where it's like, we're just going to kind of make someone look bad here. Um, <laughs> And and there's no you know, there's a theoretical um important historical context to this moment, right? right? But but like, you know, we this isn't the version that I want to present to the world. Oh, you know, I'll give another example. Like, um we scanned a lot of material um from a game artist who just had a bunch of his like notepads and sketchbooks and stuff and 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 uh we scanned a lot of it and i was going through it and you know there was you know on one of these pages was uh essentially him sort of like mapping out his own feelings in a relationship that he had right. at that time okay. that wasn't going well and pros and cons well, of lucy right? <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah I mean, it, it wasn't exactly that. Like, he was hurting, and he was trying to figure himself out. You know, right, he was, yeah. like, probably in his early 20s or something. You know, and and yeah. um, and it's like, well, not putting that one online. Yeah, know? totally, yeah. Or, um, well, that's a good question, because you're, like, in your head, like, do I not put it online? Do I edit it? You know? Right. So, and either way, a call has, or do I just put it up raw and then risk this this thing? But a, a decision has to be made. Like, right. So you're, you know, it's, that's and one it's of the rough. tricky, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I think, I think there's almost a layer beyond the, the keep the raw video up, which is like, you know, we keep things in boxes that are like digitized, you know, that we, we keep the originals around when we can. Cause it's, I don't know, like that, <laughs> this might be important theoretically to someone, but right. you know, we're, but 
it, it's almost like you have to pass the test of like, no, I read through every scan and like, I believe you have the specific thing that you might've edited out. And I actually need that. Cause it's the missing piece. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, I, I don't, I, I don't know what that could be in situations like this, but you know, it's, it, it, it's, I think, a unique new problem in this world of, like, digitally preserving human lives as opposed to, like, having archives that almost no one visits, you know? It, yeah, it, totally. It, yeah. And and honestly, like, that type of access to it was really important to me. And it's kind of like a big part of Noclip's um, whole thing as well was, like, you know, uh, it's all well and good, you know, doing interviews with developers and, and trying to preserve this sort of stuff, but like really working hard to make sure it actually reaches the audience has always been a yeah. big, I mean, it's part of like just the nature, as you know, of like trying to keep an, orga- an organization funded and alive and all that sort of stuff too. But then there's also like a whole like, oh, you want to reach as many people as possible. Like you guys have done a great job of that with like, you know, whenever you've done like your big features and stuff, right? Like the Monkey Island stuff. Like that was stuff like that where like you you have a big beat and you're making like uh, like a big moment around it and bringing people in. And the whole point of, because this stuff could easily just have gone up on archive.org, right? But like archive.org is incredible and it's an amazing resource and I will fight them, you know, fight for their right to exist and all that stuff going up to the hilt. But I also know that like most people aren't going there and especially yep. to watch this sort of stuff, they're typing it into Google and they're ending up on YouTube. So a big part of our sort of, or my my hope for this channel was to like put effort into making thumbnails for the videos and titling them and putting them up in a way that sort of works with YouTube's algorithm a bit. I'm like trying to, like we're never not gonna, like there's, there's trailers up here for like who gives a you know smash court tennis pro tournament too like i don't know if that's that's probably the best version of that trailer someone listening just went hey exactly right or like dead to rights or you know we've alpha was it alpha black zero intrepid protocol and like even the quality of these trailers isn't particularly good but like you gotta save them so it's like panning those out with like having black ops on the other side of that or like or trying to like next week we're doing the whole uh, E3, it's E3 2010 week and so what we had uh, the community do was vote on which press conference they wanted to see first so the order in which they voted is the order in which we'll put them out so th- that's a big part of the whole thing is like not just getting the stuff online but trying to talk about it and like get people interested in it and get people asking for stuff and like we've had people try and do 4k upscaling already and that type of thing and so that's like you know so thank you for having me on the podcast as well because that's a big part of it is like also this is really lonely work right like it's just you and a bunch of (laughs) objects and then you scanning them and you're not, you know you're getting excited about them and then you look up and there's no one else there right so having that type of interaction has been you know I've been trying to do it because I've been trying to think about like well this is a finite project this will end it's not my life's work you know that's my documentary stuff but I don't want to get in a bad place with it I want to keep it entertaining for me and I also want people to continue to relish it and be excited about what goes up so that's kind of been a big part of the I guess the the mental health of the project in some ways, you know? Yeah, is, is getting that attention and getting eyeballs on it. And and for me, what that brings to mind is a lot of times um, we will obtain or have access to or, or et cetera, et cetera, um, something that is exciting. Um, and 
like you said, it's like you can just kind of like pop it online and and, you know, people, you know, in a lot of cases might see it. Right. But um, the the challenge that I often find myself in is like if something's really big and is going to bring eyeballs and like I, I try to find a way to um, feed that you you meant you you called it a beat right like like we do these these big beats in our in our in our years right yeah i i I want these beats to feed back into the idea that um video game preservation should be taken seriously and should be looked at and and you should know who the players are and so you know i something i struggle with sometimes is like i mean i'll give a, a a real actual example um we we did a really big feature um on the unreleased 8-bit version of sim city for the the nes um <laughs> and this was like a first party nintendo game for it's the wild. nes that no one had ever played right and and we got a copy of it um through i mean it was it was hard work <laughs> like we worked we worked <laughs> a lot to to get this thing but we we got a copy of it um and people knew that we had that and and you know i tried to explain as best i could that like we're working on content around this because this is it's just too big to just be a rom and a rom set you know what i mean like like we have to utilize this honestly precious resource you know Mm. like like how often do we get unreleased first party nintendo games right (laughs) um we, we have to like interesting ones like that yeah like that's and this, it's not like just some throwaway platformer no one ever heard of this is like a port of one of the most important video games ever <laughs> you know well, it's, it's, it's exactly it's 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 a it's a it's a port of one of the most important games ever as you said but also like you know in taking my time and doing the research and building content around it like i was able to express just how unique and interesting this is because right this is the rough draft of the game design collab between Will Wright and Shigeru Miyamoto. Like that's a thing that <laughs> happened, you know, no one have really ever thought about that before, but like Will Wright flew to Kyoto. That's why. And spent a week with Miyamoto, like designing what a console Sim City would be. And this was the first draft of it. And there are ideas in here that are not in the later super Nintendo one. Right. You know? So like, um, but you know, the point is that like people knew we had it and, we're getting impatient about it because I took, I honestly took like a year, you know, to, right. to, to make something out of this because it was like between the day to day of running a company is, you know, like we're not a content <laughs> company, you know what right, I mean? Like yeah. we don't, we don't produce content as our job. Like we do it between other things. Um, and I'm not saying that to complain. Like I totally would feel the same way and often do feel the same way when people have something that I want. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, in taking our time and doing that and telling that story. And, and, you know, we even took the time to work with, uh, this, uh, Ukrainian hacker who's really into NES stuff who like oh, reverse cool. engineered it and broke it down. And like, there's a GitHub <laughs> for SimCity NES right That's now. Awesome. Um, where he actually like, he wrote up huge documentation and, um, fixed bugs because it was just a demo you know what i mean like it yeah. wasn't like polished yet like he fixed bugs he optimized so cool. code. oh my god um but um <laughs> the the point is that like um you do have to sometimes use this content to further the idea of this kind of content yeah yeah um, because you're, you're pre- like if the stuff exists in and no one can see it 
then that's the worst version, like before you got access to that. If right. so, if something exists and now now it's available, but no one knows about it, that's like that's better, but it's not the best version of it. The best right. version is that people it exists and people hear about it, and like that's part of the job as well. Is like well, trying also, to get it. The right people hear about it because right. for me, I try to make as big a splash as I can. Because I think literally every time we've done a big splashy story, I've gotten at least one email that's like, hey, my dad worked at this right. company and is retired. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I, I came across your organization because you made headlines. Yeah, um, 100%. My, we, did, we did a BBC interview about this thing and I got like a bunch of extra leads and, and people sending us tapes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's wild. It's Yeah, you're right. Because you never know. Like you can... There's an assumption these days, like on social media, especially that when you like say something that it, because it can reach anyone, it kind of will right. reach everyone, but it like, <laughs> it, re- it really doesn't. And yeah, like, I, I think that's a, it's funny, like in a way it's like a cyclical thing as well. Cause then the younger audience comes of a certain age and realizes that, oh, even our generation is losing stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and if, it, if it's something you definitely care about when you're a little bit older, I feel like. But but it's um but it's really important to keep reaching those younger audiences about it too because you know it mightn't be the stuff that we're preserving mightn't be from their era now but the stuff that people will be preserving pretty soon is gonna be from their era you know whether they like it or not unfortunately it's, and yeah. the big the biggest shock is gonna be when it's this era of people who grow up playing all these live service games which just oh, God. disappear like yeah I don't like. <laughs> Bad. You know, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of the the, the most, you know, the, one of the most frequently asked questions of the Video Game History Foundation is, "What are you doing about games now?" And we just say nothing. Like can't, we're doing yeah. nothing because we can't. You Publishers know, we're, ain't we're, playing ball. They're not gonna yeah. give you, yeah, give you that stuff. It's they're probably, and you know from experience, they're probably not saving it themselves. Or like, how do they if it's an online game that goes dead? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How would you even play it? Like, what's it going to be like to have, like, in 50 years from now, have Rocket League on your little local machine, but there's no one online to play it with? <laughs> well, that's what we say all the time, is, like, an empty Azeroth isn't World of Warcraft. So yeah, going totally. down to Going down the path of, like, playable client to us is, right. like... Um, walk, you walk into Ironforge and it's empty. <laughs> right. What? Like, that's not, that's not the game. That is yeah. not the game. So we... <laughs> We often say that we with these games, and you know we've discussed this on the show before. Even that, like, it it really is more a matter of documenting gameplay as it's happening, you know. And yeah, um, we we are in this golden age of people like streaming games on day one. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, but are we I, saving those streams? We're not. That's <laughs> and, and what happens to Twitch when they they're you know Amazon cuts them loose or their CDNs start disappearing or whatever it is um yeah it's funny like one of the gameplay like i said we're like a lot of the gameplay we're not necessarily saving some of it like it depends but like one of the ones we found was uh one of the early quake wars tests like before the game came out and i'm like oh yeah mm. well totally like all that for sure like, that's all going up like that's that's good stuff like pre-release absolutely that 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 makes sense um yeah but yeah i hear what you're saying it's uh it's 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 a tricky one and it's it's only getting harder. Okay, Danny. So uh, just to wrap this up, the the uh, the No Clip Game History Archive ongoing project. Um, yes. It is. Uh, was it YouTube.com slash what now? 
slash at noclipparchive because that's what they do on YouTube now. They have little ats. You can like Twitter. Oh, they do. And, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So if you type, uh, if you just type noclip game history archive, you'll get it. Or just type noclip and you'll get the, it's our logo for the archive is a little CRT TV with some, some beautiful rainbow colors on it. Well, also, everyone just go check out Noclip for their documentaries. Um, and in fact, go support them on Patreon, patreon.com slash Noclip. Um, and then, uh, yeah, this particular uh, project is ongoing. Um, you are yeah. maybe 400 tapes into your thousands. Yeah. Um, so yeah. God bless Working you. But it. also, that's way more progress than I thought you yeah, had. We're, so. we're, in, in some, you mentioned it earlier, like, because we are we are a content company, are once once the planning was done once there was enough pre-prep and like the project files were made and everything and the hard drives were ready getting through it wasn't that hard um i will say there's a lot more recorded onto the machine than there is online right now yeah. like i think in total we've uploaded something like not including all the press kits which is maybe an extra 40 or, you know zip files uh in terms of videos it's like 70 maybe in total in the first mm-hmm. six seven weeks um and it's probably twice as many as that actually ready to go it's just slowly getting through them all uploading to archive takes a while especially the big yeah, files because yeah so i gotta i gotta learn how to use their um their little command line ftp thing i think so. i also have to learn that and i've been saying that for <laughs> i don't know 10 years now yeah. i've just been uploading it over weekends i've just been yeah. like crossing my fingers and... why would i learn a thing when i can just use a browser <laughs> exactly. and just wait five Stick times as long um but yeah it's fun it's a uh, yeah we're gonna continue to like what's funny as well is like we're still in the hd cam phase eventually uh i've been working on our beta cam sp thing and there's some cool stuff there then we'll get to the mini dvs like there's all these errors so it keeps changing and you know we'll have e3 2010 uh all of almost all of it up the one we don't have is konami which is the infamous konami e3 conference um with uh, lots of uh, funny moments, uh, but like we have other stuff. Like we have we have the eleventh annual Dice Awards, which uh, mm. Jay Moore hosted, which is not on Dice's website, um, right? Uh, and is gone uh, from the internet. Um, oh, you know what we have on VHS from a collection we have not quite wow. processed. Uh, I'm just blow this early because I've never learned my lesson. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not telling people things before they're ready. Um, we have the first two Dice Awards from the 90s oh, you do. on VHS. Yeah. Excellent. Um, That's on great. shrink-wrapped VHS, they oh should be God. as pristine as that format will allow. Do you so, know who hosted those? Or? I do not. Um, okay, but, uh, I wonder if... So here's... Here, we'll just do like... We'll do impressive video tennis back and forth here. I uh, We have the first half of, and the second tape is in there somewhere, but I haven't found it yet. The... E3 2003 Konami press conference, which was never shown online Ooh. and is hosted by a comedian who is terrible. <laughs> it is <laughs> cringy to, it is awful. It is like, like look through your hands and Hideo Kojima's on stage and everything. It's just, it's wild. Um, oh man. So okay, we're just looking for the second good. So half of that tape. That'll be fun. Um, is the 2010 Ubisoft the one where Joel McHale hosted? Yes, we have. That's the one. That's going up next week. I yeah. hated that yes. time in my life being stuck in that room. <laughs> this, we have one part. The, the thumbnail for the uh, episode is Joel McHale like sitting on the like the the armrest of a sofa, kind of dad style, talking to Sean White, uh, <laughs> the uh, skateboard snowboarder slash skateboarder. 
and it looks like somebody's like uncle sitting a kid down to like tell them about the dangers oh, of drugs that's or good. something. Yeah. I just remember him being just weirdly cynical and like, hey nerds, you know, he and was. like I'm just I'm just here to cash my check and, and here's some And did games you see how he did you see his like Mia Culpa at the Game Awards last year? Like uh what it was, was it again? So it was the first time he had, was it last year at the Game Awards or the year before? I forget. It might have been the year before. Joel McHale did a, uh, like a presentation of an award and was so nice and like so respectful. <laughs> and you could tell. And I think he came up. I might have come up in interviews afterwards. But you could tell it was because he really, he was being so aloof or something at that Ubisoft one. And it super yeah. came back as him being dismissive of games and and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And apparently his like kids really love games now. And so he was being like super nice about games at the Game Awards. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's all right. Like, because I okay. thought that guy was a for years because of the Ubisoft thing. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. I was like, oh, this this is just a kind of a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently he's a nice dude. And he was, he was very, yeah. That game, I think it was like, I forget what year it was, but I remember thinking, oh, that's nice. He, he obviously like heard back from some people that he should have been in maybe a, little bit less uh, trite about games well everyone go not watch that one but uh go watch the, <laughs> the yeah. other 20 is that the one also with like the 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 like laser tag guns like oh i don't know i can't remember if you remember what it. i'm talking about though right like ubisoft was like yeah, we're gonna make they, toy guns you're right i do remember run, that yeah and like the people ran around in the audience shooting each Stage, other don't like, be surprised okay. and they always have a dance number it's always like Every Ubisoft conference has dancing in it somewhere. Well, don't watch that, but go watch the other 2010 ones. Um, go yeah. watch that 20, 2003 Konami one when that one's up. Probably not oh. by the time you're hearing this, but uh, yeah, uh, go watch the uh, Microsoft uh, bottom of an avatar shoe bit in 1080p. Oh, yeah, the way it was meant to be seen. And then uh, go watch the price reveal and see if you can hear me <laughs> yes. laugh. It might not be on that one, uh, but I know I was on one of them. Like I straight up heard me. I was like, "That's me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's me laughing." Um, all right, thank you so much, Danny, for uh, joining us on the Video Game History Hour, and uh, appreciate your time, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for listening to the Video Game History Hour, brought to you by the Video Game History Foundation. If you have questions or comments for the show, you can find us on Twitter at Game History Hour or email us at podcast at gamehistory.org. Did you know that the Video Game History Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit and that all of your contributions are tax deductible? You can support this podcast and all of our other work on Patreon or at GameHistory.org donate. This episode of the Video Game History Hour was produced by Robin Kunamune and edited by Michael Carroll. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Music